I am pleased to welcome Dr. Julianne Malvo back to Tavis Smiley. Doc, how are you today? I'm great, Tavis. How are you doing? I'm sitting here laughing at you. Why are you laughing? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not, well, first of all, I'm smiling. You know, Nikki Giovanni and I go way back. Mm-hmm. She's a soror. As an undergraduate, I had to pick her up from the airport. Mm. I had to. It was my privilege. I don't think it was her privilege to experience my driving. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But we go back, so I'm happy that she's going to be on. I may have to stay on and listen. Yeah. Um, so, with, with, no, go, go ahead. With Miss Jada, yeah. I, I'm just laughing because drama, 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 and trauma. Mm. Well, when you put all your business out there, and then you don't want to talk about your business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she doesn't talk to everybody else. She doesn't talk to Vanity Fair and um, anybody who she talks to. That why she go diss you. Yeah, you know. I mean, seriously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just laughing because, well, you know, I spent my little two years in La La Land. I prefer political drama. Mm-hmm. Let me just put it that way. Well, as long, I, it, prefer, yeah, as, long as long as you're black, you're going to have some drama. So you might as well have the drama of your choice, right? So in your case. And, and a drama <laughs> I like is a drama that gets, gets some resources to my people. There you go. Not the drama that, you know, has these little bitty people. And I'm not talking about Jada personally. I got you. I know. I, but, I mean, these little people whose egos be, are leaps and bounds, and they have these revelations, just mind your business. Yeah. Handle your business. Now, you know, Tavis, I old. Yeah. So, I've always been crazy, and I'm clear about that. <laughs> yeah. But, now that I'm old, I have permission to be crazy. Uh, you know, my mama used to always say, you met my mama, she was crazy. Mm-hmm. But she said, now that I'm over certain days, I can say whatever I want. Well, I've been doing that since I was about 11. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to but, say, um, yeah. <laughs> You start. You started earlier in that regard, but since you mentioned Jada, and since you mentioned uh, Nikki Giovanni, we will we will we will commence our conversation on those three things. I have thoughts on both and questions about both, given your commentary already again about Nikki and about Jada. Let's talk about that first, Nikki and Jada, and then we'll jump into some politics, uh, some economic news, the government shutdown that was averted, the protests last night from pro-Palestinian uh, protesters that shut down Capitol Hill last night, arrest outside the Democratic National Committee building. George Santos just announced moments ago he's not running for re-election after this scathing health ethics report uh, that he did, in fact, use personal, uh, use campaign funds, rather, for personal expenses, um, there is Israel, Hamas, there's a new resolution in the U.N. There's a whole lot to get to in this hour with our guest, Dr. Julianne Malvo. But we'll start talking about Nikki and Jada. You're listening to Julianne Malvo right now on Tavis Smiley. For all the freedom-loving folk, this is Tavis Smiley. I feel like Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. All right, I guess it's Dr. Malvo, and uh, as is uh, typically the case, she always says a few things right out right out the gate uh, that get me going. And so I'm going to get to the stuff uh, that I plan to talk about as we move through this hour. But she makes two comments here now at the, at the outset of this conversation about Nikki Giovanni and Jada Pinkett that I want to explore. Let me go to let's go to Jada first, uh, Malvo. We'll go to the, we'll go to the board. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith for 500. Uh, we'll do that, and then we'll we'll, we'll talk about Nikki. <laughs> And then we'll get to some politics. So let me let me go to your Jada comment because you, as as is usually the case, you put your finger right on the button, right on the pulse. And so I, I tweeted yesterday and, and made the comment on on social media about what happened and my disappointment 
uh, at Jada's handlers. And I made it very clear. I did not talk to Jada yesterday. Jada and I know each other. Um, she has not reached out to me as yet. But it was her handlers talking to my producers that that troubled me. Let me just be frank about this. One, I'm sick of white handlers managing black people. Mm-hmm. I, 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 let, let me just go right there. I'm sick of white folk ha- handling black talent. And you end up being mishandled by these handlers who don't understand or appreciate black culture, don't understand the respect they ought to have for the black audience, have no regard for black owned media, bunch of white handlers doing their job. I ain't mad at that. Jada, Will, any of us have the right. I've had white handlers. We have the right to choose, have a right to self-determination, to choose who works for us and works with us. But you cannot be black and hire white folk who don't respect the craft, don't respect the culture, don't respect the people, and don't respect the nature of what it means to be black owned. To your point, Malvo, my view is that those white handlers wouldn't have done this to Jimmy Fallon. They wouldn't have done it to Stephen Colbert. They didn't do it to Vanity Fair. They didn't do it to the Today Show or GMA. But when they come to a moment like this, They have no compunction whatsoever about canceling on a black owned media outlet. I don't like that. Number one. But number two, let me just let's just go right at it. Since you went there, everybody saw this story. Yeah, you went there. I'm I'm cool with that. Everybody saw the story over the last 48 hours. This old story about this alleged affair, this alleged sexual encounter between Will Smith and Dwayne Martin, Tisha Campbell's ex-husband. That story is an old story in Hollywood. It popped back up again while Jada's on tour. And some have speculated that's why she didn't want to show up. Well, first of all, anybody who knows me knows I don't I don't tread in that kind of nonsense anyway. Number one. Number two, it's an old story. I want new stuff. Number three, it's not talked about in the book. The conversation was about what she wrote in her book. Number four, the book is about her life. It's not about will. It's her story. It's her truth. So that would never that would never even come up in our conversation today because it's not a part of the book that I spend my time reading to have a conversation about. I don't tread in that kind of nonsense. So they ended up sort of playing themselves by trying to pull out and, and, and renegotiate the terms of our conversation. And I wouldn't have gone there anyway. I'll stop for a second and let you respond to that part. And we'll keep going, Julianne. You know what, Paris? I'm just laughing. Yeah. All y'all Hollywood, people, all y'all Hollywood folks are freaks. <laughs> I surprised at nothing I hear who did who and who Zoom and who. And I really don't care. Mm-hmm. At this point in my life and in my space, I care about the basically... What happens to black people? Yes. So somebody that did on somebody or whatever, fine. Go with God. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, you know I'm crazy. Yeah. So I, you know, I didn't even hear that, but I don't really care. Mm-hmm. And nobody should care. You know, nobody should care about these people's business, but they should not be putting their business out there. Yeah. What I picked off about, and you and Roland, you know, y'all right. Black old media deserves the same respect that you give any other media. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go talk your business to the Today Show, why not talk your business to Tavis Smiley or Roland Martin? Do not, do not, do not disrespect these brothers who built their platform against all odds. And with all kinds of disrespect, both you and Roland have had to deal with all kinds of disrespect from mainstream media. And you've come back creating your own platform. So I forgot to say that Jada's handlers, shame on her. But you know what, Tavis, this is not unique to entertainment. Mm -hmm. Why we've seen so many black political figures fall is because they go to the DNC, the Democratic National Committee. Mm -hmm. DNC says, I'm going to help you, but here's your white handler. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And the white handler does not know black people. So in North Carolina, they gave a white handler to this sister who was great. I worked with her when I was at Bennett. But when she got the white handler, the white handler didn't want to talk to black people. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? She lost. Yep. And we can go um, the brother in uh, Wisconsin, same thing. You got white folks who don't know how to talk to black folks. Mandela so Barnes. Manda- Mandela Barnes. Mandela Barnes is an Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he, he could have won that thing. He could easily have won that thing. But no, DNC gives him some stupid-ass white boy. Excuse my language. I'm trying not to curse. You know, I'm getting old, Tavis, so I try not to curse, but it's not working out too well. Um, <laughs> I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I, <laughs> I, I saw a T-shirt the other day I'm going to buy for you, and the T-shirt said, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy that shirt for you, Malvo. That way, well, my, my morning prayer is, Lord, thank you for giving me up this morning. I ain't cussed nobody out. Mm-hmm. Now, Lord, get me out of bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm praying for you, Malvo. I'm praying for you. Um, let, let me, I, I take your point. You're right. It's not unique to entertainment. But one last question about Jaden. We'll move on to Nikki uh, and then some other political stuff. Um, but this, I, I am concerned um, about this frame that we are in. And it's not just Jada. Jada is the most recent example of we're living in this era where people just overshare. It's just, it's, yeah. just, it's just too much oversharing. Ain't nobody asked you about all the stuff that's going on inside your marriage with Will. Uh, marriage is, is, um, is, uh, there's a sanctity, at least I've always believed around the issue of marriage. And there's just too much oversharing telling me all the stuff that goes on in your household. That's really mm-hmm. none of my, that's really none of my business. Number one. And number two, I, nobody, nobody. Yeah. And, and I didn't, and I, and, I, and I didn't ask you to share it. So but from, from your perspective, what's up with this notion of people just living in a moment right now where everybody is oversharing? You know, Tavis, I think that every our, our total culture is breaking down. Mm-hmm. You saw, yeah, I mean, just break it down. I don't want to know your business. Why do you want me to know your business? Mm. Do you need to sell books that bad? Mm. Is there something else? I think that Jade is a beautiful, wonderful, spiritual sister. There's a lot of stuff that she can share without going up into her marriage. Yep. She might be able to do some 10 tips to keep your marriage together. Without giving up all Will's business, which may or may not be true, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, but, but you know, you've got these children, these young people, they, they tweet every meal they eat. Mm-hmm. I don't care about what you <laughs> ate. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm trying to think of the last time I was in a restaurant and I didn't see somebody taking a picture of their food. I laugh every time I see that. Like I'm, I'm trying to get to the meal, right? I'm trying, I'm trying to get this stuff in my stomach, and everybody around me is taking pictures of what they're eating. Who cares? I, well, I, yeah, I went to, I went to dinner with a group of eight people last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were mostly uh, young people. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of people who are elders like me, but they mostly, and they sit there taking pictures of their food. <laughs> and then one of them said, "Can I take pictures of your food?" I said, "No." You cannot take them. Why do you want to take a picture of my food? And the girl said, because it looks so good. I said, sit your ass back down. Excuse me, curse it again. Mm. I said, I can't mm. sit your ass back down. Said, What's wrong with you people? Help me out with this. But it's almost like a collective validation of your living. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just, I just, I'm just glad I'm old. Because yeah. I cannot understand the need to share everything. Yeah. Mm. Everything. It is not necessary. 
keep something to yourself. Yeah. And, and the fascinating thing is, one last thing on Jaden, we'll move forward. And let me just say this. I, I think you're right about what's happening in our culture. I was saying to somebody just yesterday that we are living in a moment, at least as I see it, where we are experiencing a, a devolution of our culture, a decay of our civilization, and not just using Jada as an example, we can go straight to Israel and Hamas uh, and all the other issues we're going to talk about oh. in this hour. But there's a devolution of our culture that we're experiencing right now, a decay of our civilization and all to concern every single one of us. Uh, that said, um, what's fascinating about the Jada book uh, in my final point on this is that I, I read that book. And to your brilliant point of a moment ago, and you didn't know this because you ain't read the book yet, but there's so much other richness in that book. I mean, the book is really about her life and growing up in Baltimore and all that she endured. There's so much there's so much other stuff in that book that I wanted to tease out. There's so many other fascinating and amazing stories that she tells in that book that I wanted to get her take on because everybody's focused on the wheel stuff. But it's it's not a it's not a small book. It's a dense text. And there's a lot of good stuff in there that I really wanted to get into. And so I think that in that regard, Jada's handlers again made a mistake because I think my audience knows uh, I've been at this for a long time. My way is always different than everybody else's way. I don't want to tread the path that everybody else has worn, uh, uh, well worn already. There's a lot of stuff in that book I wanted to get to. And so we'll see if somewhere down the road that conversation happens. If it does, you know, thank God for Jesus. If it doesn't, <laughs> life goes on. Uh, but I want to just uh, basically explain to our audience. Um, as I said moments ago, that I don't I don't sell wolf tickets. If I tell you somebody's booked and they're coming on, they will be here. And if there's a legitimate reason to reschedule, we will do that. Not a problem. Uh, but calling me at the last minute, trying to renegotiate terms mm-hmm. of the conversation, that, mm-hmm. and, that, that, that we're not having that. Now, enough okay, of... Yeah. Harris, I'm curious. Sure. sure. Harris, what were the terms that they were trying to renegotiate? So the short answer is, um, I don't like people telling me what I can't ask about, what I can't talk about. Especially if I wasn't going there anyway, and I sort of, you know, hinted uh, at that earlier. I'm not trying to go that direction anyway. But you don't have the right to tell me what I can't talk about. If yeah. you want, if you want to do a conversation, let's do a conversation. But you know my style. You know who I am. You know how I roll. Uh, and so you have to respect the fact that I'm always going to put you in your best light and make you look your best. I'm not here to, to tear anybody down. But one, don't be telling me what I can and can't talk about. That does not work for me. I'm not the one. That's the first thing. The, sec- the second thing is, <clears throat> the second thing is, we agreed to an hour conversation. So now don't come back trying to negotiate a seven or ten minute conversation. No, 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 no. You know, we, we agreed. We agreed. We talked about you coming in studio. We talked about an hour conversation. And so those terms are already locked in. And, and so don't call me again the day before thinking that I'm so desperate to talk to Jada or that you have such an upper hand that I won't back out of a conversation. So I just told him to kick rocks. That's not what we agreed to. We're not doing it that way. And if Jada changes her mind, she knows I'm here for her. I love her. I respect her. Happy to hear her truth. Uh, and so be it. So there's the answer to the, to the question that you just asked. Uh, now let me move, let me move. I want, I want to get quickly this, this, uh, this Nikki Giovanni story. Cause I'm fascinated by that. I love Nikki. You love Nikki. I'm looking forward to our conversation today with her in our third and final hour, but in the three minutes I have now, before we move forward here, um, t- tell me about picking her up a- a- as a student. I mean, I, I can, I, when you said that, when you shared that story, I'm thinking of all of, or, or certainly some of my heroes, I would have died if I'd ever had the opportunity to pick Dr. King up at the airport. Or other folk I've known. And certainly I've, I've had that opportunity with people I adore and respect like Sidney Poitier and Harry Belafonte. Those moments always mean so much to me when I get a chance to spend private time with them. As a young person, a young sister no less, what was it like being able to be the person to pick Nikki up at the airport? Well, first of all, I had to cut people to get the opportunity. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain of that. <laughs> 
Well, I was so in awe of her. You know, I was born in the Congo. I mean, I was so in awe of her. And as you, you probably forgot, but may remember that I started as a writer, as a poet. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first uh, published piece was a black scholar, but the second big piece I did was in essence. Mm-hmm. And it was a poem called Black Love is a Bittersweetness. So I fashioned myself as a poet that I still kind of try to play that, mm-hmm. but I really don't. Um, but anyway, I was just, I was totally in awe. I did everything wrong, like <laughs> double parked, and uh, I put my flashes on to cut the policeman off who said he can't do that. Uh, I didn't want, this was 72, I think, mm. or maybe three. And I didn't, you know, of course, I didn't want to have her waiting one minute. And right. this was before all that security. So I just stopped my car and double parked. <laughs> Because, you know, I'm bodacious and audacious. I'm like, well, I don't want her to have to walk all the way to the parking lot, so I'm just going to stop here. <laughs> and um, no, and we and we had the best conversation because, you know, I love her dearly. I mean, I've always loved her dearly. Um, and so it was, it was, it was mind-blowing for me. Mm-hmm. But she is mind-blowing. She's brilliant. She's amazing. We're together maybe three years ago at Bus Boys in Southeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, pictures, I'll send you one. I, I, you know, I just think that she is one of the most amazing human beings that the Lord put on this earth. Yes. And I was happy to have exposure to her early on. I'll make you laugh, Tavis. I joined the morning meditation ministry at my church because mm-hmm. I decided I, I do want to go to heaven. <laughs> yeah, you need that. I, I you need that. I, you need that ministry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I do want to go to heaven. I mean, God forgives everything. So, um, but anyway. In the process, next week I'm doing a meditation called uh, Memories, mm-hmm. and she came up. So mm-hmm. it's so it's so like whatever uh, that you mentioned that you're having her today because she came up and I went and looked at a picture and Andy Shalal and I talked a, a little bit about the time she was at Bus Boys yeah. with her last book, and um, she is someone I hold afar as just like a shining superstar. Yeah, I just. I just, I feel very blessed to have had people like her and Maya yes. and Dr. Hyde yes. in my life, yeah. in my life. Yeah. And I know that all of them probably, you know, Dr. Hype just would look at me and shake her head. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you have, but you, but you, you have, you've been blessed to, to be in their space. They were blessed to be in your space. And the beautiful thing is that you paid it forward as president of Benicott's for women and all the other things you've done in your career and continue to do. You are paying it forward. And that's the way it's supposed to work. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. But I'm I'm glad you, you you shared a bit of that story about Nikki. I look forward to talking to her again today. I've been blessed to talk to her so many times, as you know, in my career. But I'm looking forward to today's conversation about the new documentary about her life and legacy called Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni Project. But. Now, we continue when we come forward, our conversation with Julianne Maveau. A lot of political stuff to get to. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Part with love. 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 This is Tavis Smiley. He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. black. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. Right now. More of Tavis Smiley and our guest, Dr. Julianne Malveaux, uh, President Emerita of Bennett College for Women, uh, noted public intellectual, brilliant MIT-trained economist. And now that we've talked about Nikki and Jada, let's get to some politics. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, wa- I want to start with this. Um, there's a story breaking right now that there are a number of uh, Starbucks employees uh, Starbucks workers who are literally walking out today and they're complaining about a number of things, including all of these special event days, these cup giveaways, et cetera, et cetera, that Starbucks does. 
uh, and puts extra extra work uh, on the staff that is already understaffed and underpaid to begin with. But here's another example uh, in this not just summer of strikes that we had, uh, Julianne, but now this season of strikes that continues where American workers are raising their backs. Today, it's Starbucks workers uh, walking out. Your thoughts? Workers are believed we do not respect workers. Employers do not pay workers. And workers have never had the leverage that they have right now. Right now, the leverage that workers have is that there are labor shortages. In other words, they're scrambling for workers. Why don't you pay the ones you have a little more money? Mm-hmm. You know, you've you got these five, every place you go. And everybody uses it as an excuse, Tavis, which gets on my very last nerve. As an excuse, oh, well, we have a labor shortage. I went to a restaurant uh, earlier this week, and it took them 45 minutes to bring my appetizer. Mm. Of course, you know, I made high holy hell. And, and I actually had got up and was getting ready to leave and put $12 on the table for my glass of wine. Mm. When the um, manager came out, he said, well, we have a labor shortage. And I told him, I said, dude, pay people. Then you won't have a labor shortage. Mm. So, I mean, predatory capitalism allows you to extract surplus value from people. And, and workers have had enough. They're walking out of nursing homes, even though they care about the people they take care of. They're walking out of Starbucks, so they don't give a bluff about the people they take care of. Because, like you said, every time you turn around, it's a free this, a free that. Because I don't even understand a Starbucks model. People, well, I want a coffee with, like, this cream and this. Just have some effing coffee. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got to have this kind of latte and this kind of foam. I mean, please, do that spit at home. Yeah, like I said, you know, I'm a curmudgeon. I was always one. I've gotten worse. But, you know, you you stand behind someone in Starbucks and they're like, and then I need one score to this and two score to that. You is a squirt. Move. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, Mal. <laughs> hey, people have people have a right to self-determination. If they want if, if they if they want all that stuff in their coffee, that's their business, Julianne. Well then pay then pay more. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. I take your point. Pay the people more money. All right. Uh let me move on. Um we now see breaking news again today that New Hampshire has decided that they are going to defy the Democratic Party and have the nation's first primary uh, on January 23rd anyway. As you know, Joe Biden uh, and company uh, wanted to uh, push South Carolina to the top of the list. Why? Because uh, it's uh, there are more, a lot more black folk in South Carolina, not to mention that black folk in South Carolina, black women in particular, saved his candidacy there. Uh, but beyond that, uh, a legitimate argument was made, uh, was made, and I accept the argument, that we need to put states up front uh, that more reflect the breadth and depth of diversity in this yes. country, and New Hampshire does not do that. But New Hampshire has said today they don't care. They're going forward. They're defying the Democratic Party, and they will be the first primary on January 23rd. Your take on that? Well, I, you know, New Hampshire and Iowa are the, two of the whitest states in the country. So that they should have the first primary suggests to me that there's a still an undercurrent of white supremacy in our country. Mm. The white folks get the first say. And the fact is that how people do in New Hampshire and uh, Iowa does determine often the uh, viability of their campaign. So there are three challenges here, Tavis. Number one is for the mainstream media to diminish the role that Iowa and New Hampshire have. And especially Iowa, this caucus thing, I mean, you've been there, I've been there. Mm-hmm. It ain't, it's that scientific. Mm-hmm. I mean, you walk around like cattle herding from here to here to here to here to here. 
So that's number one. So the mainstream media has a responsibility. Number two, I get that uh, New Hampshire in their state constitution actually says that they should be the first. That's called caucasity. Mm-hmm. That is called utter caucasity. <laughs> All we white folks go be first. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a myth that needs to be busted. Yeah. But number three, and most importantly, whether you're in New Hampshire, Iowa, or wherever else, people need to be ginned up to vote. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are sitting in a situation where the orange man has told you what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. He said that he'll do if he's reelected. And you have young people. Um, I just wrote a piece called Biden Beware. Young folks don't care. Mm-hmm. And because young people are really angry with President Biden. And secondarily with Kamala. And then there are a whole set of concerns that people are articulating about Kamala that I don't necessarily want to visit, but you ask me questions, I'll answer. Mm-hmm. But basically, at the end of the day, uh, I see what everybody wants to be a star, including New Hampshire. But it's a white star. It's not, it, let's look at the demographics of our nation. Not just black, black and brown. Yeah. And, you know, everybody brown ain't down. But the fact is that to have these pivotal primaries in mostly white states, is to exclude everybody else. Yep. Since you mentioned young folk, let me follow you right quick, just watching my time. We want to move through a few other things quickly here. Uh, it was a bunch of young folk last night outside the DNC, the Democratic National Committee headquarters, who were protesting um, this um, uh, war between Israel and Hamas, specifically calling for a ceasefire immediately. Um, I should also add to that that uh, for the first time uh, since this war began, uh, the U.S. Uh, late yesterday evening did not move to block a U.N. resolution calling for humanitarian pauses uh, in these uh, in these strikes uh, from Israel uh, uh, inside Gaza. Uh, but it was, what was significant about the U.S. Uh, not blocking the resolution is the first time it's a resolution put forward that did not condemn the Hamas attacks. So it's, it suggests that the Biden administration is starting to move just a little bit. They're starting to hear uh, those footsteps in the dark, uh, to quote the Isley brothers. But it's, it's primarily these young people who are driving this conversation and expressing their angst about the, the way that they see the Biden administration mishandling this. That's a long way of asking uh, your read on this moment, at least, because the story changes every five minutes. Your read right now on how the Biden administration uh, is succeeding or failing with regard to this policy on Israel. I frankly think the Biden administration is failing. I'll tell you, uh, last uh, week, about a week, of, a week and a half ago, I was coming home, and you know where I live, right downtown mm-hmm. D.C., and um, a group of young people, very multicultural group, a couple of Palestinians with the uh, Arafat scarves on, mm-hmm. a couple of brothers. Anyway, very diverse group. They had the Palestinian flag, so I stopped to talk to them, and they had come from the March on Washington. And two of the Palestinian sisters were very firm. They're like, I will never vote for Joe Biden again. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? And they said they felt betrayed. They, and I, I, when I watch CNN, which you have on my house 24-7, mm-hmm. I feel betrayed. Because they're always giving us some story of Susan Q's, whose son is a hostage. Mm-hmm. But what about the 10,000 Palestinians who lost their lives? Who's telling their story? And I think that while I get Biden's support of Israel, I don't get the um, deafness to the Palestinian plight. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what these young people are so angry about. It's a deafness 
of their plight. And they deserve to be heard. If you want to tell me about somebody whose child was killed because they were hostage, tell me about a Palestinian child who was killed because Israel put a airstrike on a home. Mm -hmm. How dare they actually, you know, I mean, I tell Palestinians, I understand both sides, but how dare you tell people to move south and then you bomb a refugee camp in the south? Nope. I take your point. Uh, and that's what these young people were protesting last night. There were tons of arrests last night on Capitol Hill. Uh, and so uh, the Biden administration, at some point, as I keep saying, is going to have to utter that phrase, ceasefire uh, or de-escalation. I think they're getting pushed there. Uh, I don't know how much longer they can withhold um, calling on this ceasefire or de-escalation, but they haven't done it as yet. When we come forward, since she went to Kamala, I got a question for her uh, about Kamala since she raised that. Uh, and there will be no government shutdown, at least not this week, <laughs> thanks to the Senate uh, sending um, uh, a bill to the president to sign to keep the government open at least for a few more weeks. We'll get her take on that. You can't talk to a brilliant MIT-trained economist without talking about the economy. More with Julianne Malvo when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. Unapologetically progressive. progressive. Unapologetically black. Black, black. You're tapped into Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Smiley. More honesty than you can handle. More empowerment than you can imagine. You're tuned into Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Tavis Smiley and Julianne Malvo. Uh, Dr. Malvo, watching my time is getting real tight here. Let me ask you right quick about the government shutdown that uh, we have averted at least uh, for this week. There is a two-step process. The Senate uh, approved uh, the House Speaker Mike Johnson's bill. Uh, and so President Biden can sign that now and keep the government open, at least um, for the moment. Your thoughts on uh, on that? Well, uh, we have a segregationist in the uh, House. That's Mike Johnson. He's a Louisianan <laughs> who says he is a, uh, what does he call himself, a Christian evangelical. We know what that means. We know what the Christian and evangelicals did to Dr. King. However, he's played Mr. Bojangles real well right now. He's been just what McCarthy did. And he's given himself another maybe six weeks of time because the time passes. And um, right now we're saying that government will stay open until uh, December, no, t- until January, I believe, 19th. Mm-hmm. And there's a second bump stop of, of February 2nd. He's giving himself time to try to mollify everybody. I don't know that he's going to be able to do it. The blessing is I want to know who the 11 senators are. And that came out last night, so I didn't look it up yet. 11 senators voted against the House package. Um, and so now, for the, you know, they averted this holiday shutdown, but they're going into January. Yeah. So all we have to do is be careful, Tavis, because what we know, uh, one of the proposals, as an example, one of the proposals was cut Head Start by 80%. Um, you know, the, what they put in first, uh, is the most essential things. What they put in second is education and social services. And so expect that if Marjorie Taylor Greene and her ilk have their way, we will see some serious challenges and government may well shut down. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you right quick what your read on the economy is right now. I was just reading a story this morning in the New York Times, um, a good story about the fact that more economists, after ignoring it for years, not Julianne Malveaux, of course, but uh, these other economists have ignored this issue of income inequality and economic immobility and poverty for years. But now all these economists are writing books now on uh, on inequality. They don't have a solution to it yet, but they're at least starting to pay attention to it. What do you make of that right quick? And what's your read on the economy in this moment? The economy is okay. It's not great. It's okay. Inflation is uh, down. 
um, empl- employment is steady. Um, I don't think that, but however, I tell my people, I tell my black people, stack your money, y'all. Mm-hmm. Just stack your money because you don't know what's going to happen. And it's very, very volatile. Jerome Powell is a, he is watching inflation. If it ticks back up, he's going to play with the interest rate. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, all of a sudden, they're thinking about inequality. I crack up, Tavis, when I look mm-hmm. at some of this stuff. Myself and a bunch of folks have been writing about this for years. Yep. Nobody pays attention to us. Uh, and they still don't pay attention to us. That's why I'm thinking about y'all. Yep. But the fact of the matter is, the inequality issue is going to drown us. Because there are more poor people than rich people in this country. Congress, the Senate, they have accommodated rich people ignored not poor and working class people and who's working class anymore working class is like you making 80 grand yeah nope that and that 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 would be laughable if it weren't so serious our remaining moments with julianne malvo when we come forward and we'll talk about kamala since she raised it you're listening to tavis smiley this is getting good tavis smiley smiley continues when we come forward 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 Helping to make you the most knowledgeable person in your circle of friends. This is Tavis Smiley. All right, Julia Malvo, you raised it um, and uh, said you'd talk about it if I went there. um, And uh, you sort of teed up your own critique of Kamala Harris. Let me just do this right quick. We discussed this a couple of weeks ago when these numbers came out. These are Kamala's net favorability numbers versus past vice presidents. She's at a negative 11 as compared to Mike Pence, negative 12.7 as compared to Joe Biden, a negative 31 as compared to Darth Vader, Dick Cheney, and a negative 44.9, a negative 44.9 against Al Gore. I know all that's been done to go after her. Republicans tried to defund her office the other day. Um, So they've been ugly when it comes to Kamala, no doubt about that. And yet the conversation persists that she's a drag on this ticket. And there are a lot of folk pressuring Joe Biden quietly uh, to replace her with somebody else for the reelection bid. That said, the last two minutes belong to you. Joe Biden's not going to replace her. Many of the critiques of her are very racist and sexist. Uh, I do think she needs better handling. I'm here in Washington, and I, I do think she needs better handling. But I think she's clearly no less competent than, let's say, an Al Gore or Mike Pence. Um, it's going to be a very challenging period, and I'm not sure what's going to happen because it's not just about Kamala. People's questions about uh, Brother Biden are persistent. Mm-hmm. Is he, you know, is he too old? Because see, the underlying question is, is, is if his old behind, something happens to him, will this black woman be the president of the United States? And so that's why I think that we need to be very careful as we look at these critiques of Kamala. Are the critiques of Kamala are the racist and cultural sexist critiques of uh, black women in positions of power. And you know that's been happening, Tavis, not since Kamala came onto the scene uh, as VP, but for the past 20 years. People do not respect black women. And so for those of us who do respect black women, we acknowledge the issues and the complaints, but we keep it moving. Yep. There you have it. Speaking of powerful black women, we're going to talk in just moments with Kimberly Dowdle, who uh, is making some history as the first black woman 
to head the American Institute of Architects, the AIA, been around 160 plus years. And finally, a black woman in this white male dominated industry is the president of AIA. We're going to celebrate her in just moments. For now, we celebrate Dr. Julianne Malveaux. Always thank you for her political, her keen political insights. Uh, no, no more brilliant economists in the country, MIT trained economists. President Emerita of Bennett College for Women and uh, all-around noted public intellectual. Uh, Julianne, appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon. All the best to you. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thank you.